0: So what we're doing here is we're up to chapter 9 in the Hemshech Ayin Beis, page 15, Tezvov. And with this we begin discourse number 3 of this uh, mighty magnum opus opus called Vayichan SHAM Yisrael. And as is the custom of Ayin Beis, even though the actual text and the context was written in one flow, but later the Rebbe Rashab, the author of this um, treatise. structured it after he delivered it in, in speech with beginnings and ends that begin the end of every discourse in this uh, series. So this one begins by Nshom Yisrael It's a verse related to Shavuos, because this was still a Shavuos mimer. This is the second day of Shavuos. The first mimer was delivered um, as he writes the first, I guess the first day of Shavuos. The second discourse was delivered on the second night of Shavuos. And this one is in on the second day of Shavuos. It's the last day. <clears throat> so it's talking about the events that happened at Sinai. It says, Israel rested there across the mountain, Mount Sinai. Where Pires Rashi and Rashi says, what means they rested there? Says that they that that uh, that they rested. Expression is Ki like one person with one heart. Because the expression there it says doesn't say in the plural that they, as an entire nation rested. It speaks as an individual. Shem Yisrael as if they were one. So Rashi explained they were one because they were all at that point in their sentiment in their spirit. One person with one heart. We have to understand what does it mean, like one person. And why was it necessary for the revelation at Sinai, for Mount Torah, for them to be like one, specifically like one. Well, the in order to understand this. As, as I said, the custom. Each discourse is, now it goes back to the flow of ideas that has been discussed. We need to preface what we discussed earlier, that Silas is the interface, the intermediary, the interface between the infinite divine light of the source and to the creations, to our existence. Interface between the divine and existence. And the interface consists of, is comprised of two levels. These two levels are the energies and the containers of the ten spheres of the containers the containers are a, a, have an identity, a personality. They are, it's over there, an entity. The is Gvul, a defined entity. And the energies don't have, are uh, do not have a defining. They are um, without substance. They are essentially expressions of illuminating their source. So we have here, basically, as we discussed in the previous chapters, at length, the first eight chapters, that using the example of the human being, the human organism, which is created in the divine image, that the human being is consists of faculties. We have organs, we have actual containers, like the vessel of the eye, the eye vessel, the ears, the nose, the mouth, the heart, the brain, the liver, etc., and we have the energy, the life force, that manifests in each one of them. and as they discuss, and as they discussed at length, it's called Pnimi, internal energy, which means that the energy of vision is tailored to the container and the ta- container is tailored to the energy, and they fit like a perfect match, hand inside a glove, vision inside the eye hearing inside the ears. In contrast to the power of will, which is makif, doesn't have a particular kind of willpower. You desire something. It encompasses all of you. There's no particular place where the will rests, so to speak. This is an analogy for the divine, supernal human, which is essentially the image in which God created, manifested himself. In the world of Atzilut, that's where we have the divine structure of existence, the cosmic structure. That structure consists of energy and containers. Everything has an inside and an outside. It has an identity, which is primarily defined by the containers, give it substance, identity, personality. And it has its spirit. The spirit is amorphous, doesn't have that type of defined state, and that's the energy. And these two come together in a symbiotic relationship, and what we call that? The energy and container of each sphere. Chachma has energy and container. Bina, so the mind, emotions, love, everything has an energy and a container. And he explained all of that in the, in the upper worlds, meaning in the, in the spiritual the realm, which is the world of Atzilus. And in the last chapter, last chapter, chapters, he discussed how Atzilut has both dimensions to it. On one hand, it's a revelation of the divine source. On the other, it is distant from the divine source, more distant than the lower levels of creation are distant from Atzilut. And to reconcile that, what he did was explain that that, that there are two levels within Atzilut. The energy of Atzilut reflects its source. The containers of Atzilut. Are our, so our already personality and identity that is completely distant from the source of essence. <clears throat> and because that silos is the interface, it has to have both elements. This paradox, on one hand being distant and beyond, and on the other being a reflection of its source. And they come together in the energy and container. And this is really the essence of. This whole discourse is how this interface works and how we can use it to connect our lives to the divine without one annihilating the other. So now he continues in explaining this element of as these two dimensions. Okay. So, chapter 9. According to what we discussed earlier, it's understood that what that is infinitely distant from the infinite divine light of God. That that's referring to the level of the containers that are defined, that are limited, finite, that they are infinitely distant from the divine light, which is, of course, infinite, undefined, and uh, not tangible in any identity fashion, not shaped and formed to say that it's this and not that. <coughs> As we discussed, the creation of these containers, is through the tzimtzum, the concealment. <inaudible> through the Through the absence of light, by diminishing, by concealing the energy, the finite nature of the containers emerged. <inaudible> Which means that the way they were shaped and formed, the way they were crafted and created, the containers, they're in a form of being infinitely distant and distant from their source. Because the fact is, if they would have been created by the energy radiating, by a revelation, then they're an extension of that revelation. But there, for them to emerge, you had to have a concealment of energy, an absence of light. An absence of light immediately connotes that you have a jump here, that you have a leap, a, a distant leap, that something is not similar to where it came from. That's why you need to conceal it. So let's say you have a great master teacher. And if he he can be teaching and um, transmitting his ideas without any diminishing, or even a little diminishing, and people can remain in the room and they will remain intact, that means that they they have some type of uh, common denominator. But if for him to teach and everybody around him will be overwhelmed and, and lose sight of the ideas... Means that there has to be a concealment, and once there's a concealment, there's a thing called being a distance, a distance that's apart. So essentially, our, our our reality is apart from and distant from divine. That's the containers. So so generally, the containers are therefore created in a way where they come from the absence of light, from the concealment of light. <speaking> and the same is true, not just the containers as they were created from the source. But even from their source in the Rishima, which was the residue, if we recall, after the Chimtsum, the light was concealed, there was still some residue remaining, and that would become the beginning root, the early root of the containers, the core root of the containers. Even the way containers are compared to their source in the residue, which is already a state of concealment, because it's not the it's it's not light. It's also in a in a form of uh, infinite, infinitely distant. Because the rishim, the residue, is a concealed force. It's a concealed faculty. It's a concealed um, power. Energy is a flowing light. Residue itself, by definition, means that it's it's concealed. You know, you only sense something is there. But you don't see any full full expression of anything. This is the difference between the kav, that stream of light, the stream of consciousness, the narrow thread of light that came after the tsimtzum, the tzimtzum, to the residue that remained after the tsimtzum. So let's just review this again. In the beginning, that says we talk beginning, we mean here conceptually, not time wise. The divine light encompassed all of reality. Then God withdrew, or in this case meaning not literally withdrew, he concealed that energy. In concealing that energy, something remained in that space. It wasn't complete absolute black hole. Something remained a residue that can be sensed, not at that point, but there's something there. That would become the beginnings of what containers would emerge from. What remained? The residue remained of the power of the the finite power of the divine remained present there. Then came the next step, the Kav. From the divine light that had been withdrawn, been concealed, a, a transmission began. A thread, a narrow thread, entered into this black hole and it began to create, began to interact with the residue, and that was where containers would evolve from. So it goes like this now. So this is the difference now between the Kav. He's going to analyze the difference between the transmission energy and the residue that remained after the, tzim, after the, con, after the concealment, the tzimtzum. The zohar ben The kav gili, begins halam. Fundamental difference is very simple. Kav, even though it's narrow, a thread, but it's fundamentally light. It radiates. It reveals. Rishima, on the other hand, the residue is fundamentally a state of concealment. So think of it like this. Okay? Think of a room that has a lot of bright light shining. But now we want to be able to discern certain details that can be seen when the light is shining brightly. So what we do is, not we just dim, we shut the lights down. When you shut the light, doesn't mean everything disappeared in the room. There still may be shadows, there may still be some type of residue, so to speak. But you can't really see it because it's now light is dark. Now, instead of shining the big light again, you just take a flashlight and you allow a narrow ray of light to enter the room. And now you can really begin to analyze and recognize, discern details you would not have seen when the big light was shining. So, the residue itself that's there is a state of concealment. The Ka'va, on the other hand, is a state of revelation. What he's trying to explain here is how the containers that originate and are rooted in this residue are, are, even when they emerge, they emerge in a distant way, whereas energy, as we shall discuss, emerges in a close way. So there's really two ways that something can something can manifest. In relationships, for example, you need to have an element of closeness, where a person expresses to another their feelings, there's an element of nurturing, of warmth, of intimacy. Then there's a dimension of distance, not distance in a negative way, more of a sense of respect of the space of another person. And then in that state, they they sense that there's, you know, you feel a certain awe and respect, as opposed to the the, the intimist one, which is more like light that expresses a form of closeness. Here's what he says now. So if that, this is therefore what transmits from this residue the creation of the containers it also is in a form of concealment. It's not a creation that is created by something that closeness. It's created through distance, not through closeness. And the Indian, and this is, what is the meaning of this? He's going to explain it. As it's known, that the seven divine names, God has seven names that are not allowed to be erased because they're holy names. These seven names, they manifest, they are in the ten spheres. Because we know God is beyond any name, beyond any definition, beyond any expression. So, when we say that God manifests in a name, you already mean He's manifesting in some state, and that's the ten spheres. Shem Kale, the first of the seven names is Kale. That's in the level of Chesed, kindness, love and kindness. Shem Elikim, another name of God is Elakim. that's in the level of Gvura, discipline, withholding. So there are seven names. Each one corresponds to the one of the seven spheres, and the lower seven spheres, the emotional spheres, from Chesed through Malchus. This is the level of the containers of the ten spheres. That Sheim kale, the name Kael, bekleih Chesed. It's in the container of love of Chesed. The Kaelu Gedula, Gam Kale means two things. It means strength, greatness, and also means intensity, power. The take of it's referring to the intensity of the transmission. When someone expresses love, it's a form of intensity. It's an intense expression of affection, of warmth, of kindness. Okay. Like the parthis explains. That, that's what kale is. That means the intensity of the transmission. And that is appropriate and fitting to the container of chesed. Which is the level of mamish of literally being a form of love and kindness, a, a defined identity called chesed, love. And there, in that container level, that's where you can apply the idea of greatness and intensity of the transmission. The same is with the Shaym Elohim. The same is with the name Elohim. Another name of God that we said. Shub Kinnus Hadin refers to the justice. God is a judge of law and order. Hezashayim B'Klea that too applies to the container of Gvura, Not the energy of love or uh, of, or, or or justice. And discipline, but the container of love and discipline. <coughs> however, ach, However, when we say the names of God relate to the containers, it's not referring to the actual containers. Because these are names of God, they're not names of containers. These are referring to names of God. It's how God manifests as a judge or God manifests as a compassionate God or manifests as a loving God. But it's not applying to the container itself. It's complying to the energy within the container. <inaudible> the intention here is to the energy and the life force within the, of the container. <inaudible> and this is referring to the energy within the container that's besides the energy that actually manifests in it and gives it and gives it life. Think of it this way, okay? The human body, we have a soul that gives electricity inside the body, but electricity doesn't create the body. Just like electricity doesn't create the light bulb. The body has energy of its own, and we see when a person passes away, God forbid, the body doesn't disintegrate. The body remains intact until it decomposes. So the body has its own life force besides the life force that gives it life. Like a light bulb exists even before you put electricity or after you take electricity out of it. So when we talk talking here, he's saying so basically he's defining a second level of energy within containers. There's what gives, what, this is what animates the container, what animates the body, and then there's the body itself is a form of energy. So when we're referring here, he wants to qualify and say, we're referring that God has names, what we mean here is the names on the containers are not the containers themselves, there's the energy that manifests in the container. They're not the life force animates it. Okay? Who the Like it's written in the ba'biyo desh shapsaysay in the explanation of the beer desh bahar, in the explanation of a certain discourse, u'bashar and other discourses. It discusses this idea of uh, the energy within the containers, the names that apply to that energy. And the energy, where is this body container get its existence from? That comes from the residue, the reshimo. This is the names of God, Lakim and the other names. They are transmissions. The transmissions from the residue that creates and energizes the containers. Now, these transmissions from the residue—they're not in a form of revelation of revealed light and energy. What it means revealed that they're close to. And and uh, and feel bonded, bound to, and connected with their source. They they are expressed. Their transmission, their creation is through concealment. Through concealment. And that's why the containers, on their own, are a state of concealment. Like it says in the Zahar, and when you or the energy of the divine energy the stalec, is removed from the containers they remain like a body without a soul which means no, take away the soul from the body it's like taking away the energy from the container so they remain a body without a soul even though they have the energy on their own the energy and the strength that they get from the powers they get from the residue nevertheless, they remain like a body without a soul. Which means, when you see, let's say, a corpse, a body without a soul, the blight bulb without electricity, it's there, but it's concealed. You cannot see its true power. It's only when the soul enters the body that you see what the body is made of. For example, the body has eyes and ears, but those, those don't come alive unless they're animated by the soul. So it exists, the container is there, but the container's reality is one that is fundamentally concealed. You follow what I'm saying? So think of it like a potential state that has plenty of power in it, but on its own, it's concealed. It's not an expression of revelation until something animates it and then suddenly it comes alive. nevertheless it remains remains like a body without a soul meaning concealed so for example when someone inspires another person to actualize their potential what's happening is two things are happening that person has the potential before the inspiration but it's concealed the inspire, the coach, the mentor the motivator is a catalyst if the person didn't have the potential, it wouldn't help encouraging them. So a good coach, a good mentor brings out the best of you, but the best was there, but no one saw it. So the containers have this power, but on their own, that's why they're distant, infinitely distant from the divine, because they don't express anything. The kav, on the other hand, as we are going to soon say, is a form of revelation. It reveals things, it animates things, it brings things alive. So essentially reveals, it's a catalyst that reveals the potential within the containers. But on their own, they're in a form of they're concealed energy and revelation. Like it says elsewhere. Like it says elsewhere. Because what they receive, what is transmitted to them from the residue, is not in a form of cleaving or attachment to their source. The kiruv, meaning being close to the source. lias is because it manifests in a form of revealed energy. is hello. So in other words, the containers, even as they are relating to their source in their residue, we're not talking about their source before before the tzimtzum. For sure, they're distant from that. But even from their own source, they're not a form of revelation, they're a form of they are in a state of concealment. So their their relationship with their source is also in a, is a is state of is also a concealed type of relationship. You don't see it openly. The Rishimu Hubchin is because the Rishimu, the residue is a hidden power. and the transmission and its energy that comes from there is in a concealed way. So think of it like this. I, I just gave the example. This person who has this potential, born to very talented parents. Someone's born to very talented parents. So the potential they got is from the genes that they have, good genes that they have from very talented g- skills and genes. But it doesn't come in a revealed way. The parents may not even reveal it in the child. It may take years for that child to meet a mentor that will, that will inspire him or her to do it. So you see... The relationship with its source can be a distant one. Now, of course, you could have parents who also help the child and cultivate and nurture the child to reveal those talents. But it's not necessarily the case. You can give someone a gift from a distance, and something else has to be a catalyst to awaken it and make it come alive. Okay? So that's how containers relate to their source in a form of distance and concealment. So, the residue is a concealed force, and the transmission from there also comes in a concealed way. And the same is also true when you look at actually how do the containers actually emerge? How do they take shape? So, why there it is canal, as we learned in previous chapter 8 how do the containers come into being? It's also through the energy, their source is in the reshima, in the residue, that's not the energy. But they come to be, the energy is what allows them to come to be. Think of it like you plant the seed in the ground. But if you don't have water, the water will not not make it grow. Here he's going a step further. It's not just water makes it grow, water actually carries the seed into the ground. And then reveals it. As we explained in chapter 8 gili because because ener- energy is already revealed and now he, and he goes on he says like see <speaking> the <in Hebrew> Well, let me read this properly. And the same thing is when the kelem, the actual containers, come into being, which is as we said through the energies, as we discussed in chapter eight. So it says in Eitz about this creation of the containers. In it says in Eitz which is the Arizal's classic, the Book of the Tree of Life. It says the formation of the containers. This is a piece of Kabbalah, a little, but I'll explain why they it's by the interaction, the pagiyah, it's even more than interaction, it's the striking, of the, it's about the, 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 the crashing, you could almost say, not the crashing, what's the word I want to use, p'giyah. well it's a form of crashing, where two forms of energy, strike at each other, and they're very different types of energy, they strike at each other, by striking at each other, from there, letters fall, That from that, forms the containers. Think of it like this. Think of like uh, two stones. You strike them against each other, then you can get sparks. So he's saying there's two types, of, here's the opposite. It's two forms of energy, you strike them against each other, and you get stones. Okay. So he says, what are the two types of energy? Eryosha and Eryosha. Let me explain what that is. Eryosha is usually refers to direct light. Eryosha means refracted light. Okay? So let's say the sun is direct light. The moon is refracted light. It reflects. Now what happens when these two lights strike at each other? The light that's coming from the energy and the reflection. What happens when the reflection strikes the original source? So a new dimension, that's what he says, when they strike at each other, letters emerge, and those letters become containers. You got it? So it's two types of energy that are very opposites, yeah. create something. It's like a, it's like a, yeah, it's an energy that creates the containers. And it's explained elsewhere, an example for this. This is like an example, two opposite ideas. Two opposite ways of thinking. London of two scholars, Shemifalplim Umakshim Zaleza, that are debating and questioning each other, challenging each other. What happens when these two people who have two different ideas are discussing, analyzing, and arguing with each other and asking questions, challenging each other? Mizah, mm-hmm. This gives birth to a completely new concept. That was not in their mind before. Beautiful example. You have two energies coming from two different type of scholars and they're arguing and they're debating and they're questioning and challenging each other. Striking at each other. Something new emerges. That they themselves did not conceive of earlier. Which means from the question of one to the other, that contradicted the opinion of the other? How do you through that, he finds and discovers a new idea to answer and to substantiate and confirm his previous theory. So it's, it's the opposite that brings out confirmation and depth in the concept. And because it came through a contradiction, because it came through a contradiction and 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 a, uh, and, a uh, and a nullification of the previous idea, so you could say this: the result is a, is a weaker, is a smaller theory. Than the original ideas that he shared, that he discussed. (laughs) Because if his friend did not contradict him, it wouldn't have been the birth of any new idea. So this new idea came from the contradiction, specifically from the contradiction. Therefore you have to say, relatively speaking, it's a smaller theory. And there was no contradiction. He may have come. He would come to another idea from his original idea. So it would also have been a great concept like his original idea was. Let me just finish reading, and then we'll explain it. But the idea that came out of the contradiction, through contradicting and 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 uh, and, uh, and uh, what's the word for um, weakening? Uh, I would say that was just weakening, um, defeating his previous idea. So that's a smaller concept, relatively speaking. Like I could explain this, that's explained elsewhere. In other words, so two people, bright, very brilliant people, are thinking of ideas. Those ideas are very powerful. But a contradiction brings out another idea, which is not as powerful because it, it all began from the original ideas, but it's only the contradiction that brought that clarity. I get it. Hmm. Okay. So now what's the example? Well is this is an example basakhail. This explains how the containers were created. In the words of the Chaim, through the Yashub through the clash, through the confrontation, the clashing. Of the Aryosha of the direct light and the refractive light that contradict each other that causes letters to fall that's like the idea is being defeated or falling to a lower state and from this the containers were created, this is like this the weaker a smaller comprehension, of a lower concept that that is created through the diminishing, through the fall of his previous idea, and this lower is not, you can't even compare it to the original idea. This is all coming to explain how containers are so distant from the source. Mm-hmm. So even though the containers emerge, a new idea emerges from it, but it came through diminishing of the ideas before and then the contradictions that brought this new idea. So this idea may be a lower idea, but it comes, it comes after that type of, after that contradiction. So the confusion here is like, on one hand, it's, it's, it's a greater state because you're getting a clarity that you wouldn't have gotten. you wouldn't have gotten so the intensity of the energy actually was a contradiction of finding was not able to find this deeper idea but the deeper idea is a lower level because it's already coming through weakening the the original ideas that they both had okay from this created the containers, which are like the, the lowest state of understanding that comes through the nephila, from the falling, or the the, the the defeat of the previous idea that was diminished through the disagreement. So we see from this that the, con- the creation of the containers, from the letters within the energy, are not in a close way. They're not created through closeness. Him masha they created through the letters falling Shabahem in the energy. That's separate and distant. And we already explained earlier in chapter eight We explained in chapter eight that the letters in the energy are the are the thickness, the thick particles that come from the residue that are there in the energy. Kosov, and this is what it says by Chachma Ma'ain that Chachmah wisdom comes from nowhere. from where does it come? And it's talking about the Kliya Chachma, it's talking about the container of wisdom. Enarech, its creation is in a in an infinitely distant way. That's why it's called Yeshma'in. So it's like something from nothing. That's why Chachma says, from where? From nothing. It doesn't sense where it comes from because it senses distance. It senses an apart, a state of being apart from something. It's a mystery. So Kelim, the creation of Kelim are like a mystery. Ma'ayim. From where? From whence. b'chol ha'kelim das And Just as it is with Chachma, the same as with all the containers, all the ten spheres of ofatzilis, they all come from a state of distance from their source. And we'll read the summary of chapter 9. Kitsar, the summary. And this is what Hatzilus is infinitely distant from its source, is referring to the containers whose creation is through the tzimtzum, through the The consummate. And also the energy within the containers also the energy within the containers, whose root is in the residue. And those are the seven names, as we said, the seven names of the God, holy names. They too are in a form of distance, and that's why the containers are like a state of concealment, like a body without a soul. Who I'm sorry. So three. There's a third thing. First of all, they come through the symptom concealment and that's why they're distant. Even the way they come from their, their source and the reshimo and the residue, they're also distant and that's why they're concealed. The gamis avusam mina and also how they're created from the energy. Because remember, the actual, their actual emergence is through the energy. It's also distant. It's not the energy just flows and a container emerges. The energy has to have a clash. It has to strike something. So when the direct energy hits and clashes with the refractive energy, that causes letters to fall and that creates the containers. And explained an example for it with the two scholars arguing and disagreeing with each other and that creates a new idea, a third idea that's lower in its intensity from the previous ones, even if it's clearer. And anything that falls is a state of distance. So when you say something is close, you're saying it flows from it. Energy flows and it extends into something. But if it has to be concealed, or here, like in this case, has to have some type of shock treatment, where two forces have to strike at each other, here the er yasha, the direct light, and the refractive light, that creates a new entity called the containers, so even though the energy has within it the thickness, the containers, the particles within the energy, that too is not really comes from energy. That comes from the reshima, from the residue that implants it in the energy. And how it emerges is through a clash of the direct light and refractive light. That's chapter nine. Great. Right. Good. And uh, in chapter ten, he's gonna continue how this, on the other hand, containers are still divine. And then he's going to move over in chapter 11 to the energy. So now we're dealing with containers in chapters 9 and 10. And now we just finished chapter 9. And then we shall continue chapter 10 next time.